Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right. Good to see everybody. How you doing? Come on. Come on. I'm glad you're here. Listen, we are going to begin uh, to move into three services. And, you know, we're, we're working hard. Um, uh, just let me give you just a couple of, of, of thoughts uh, before we begin. You know, we wanted to go to more services because we were, you, you know, you never knew in, in, the, in the pandemic and what's going on. You, you never knew, okay, um, when, when are, are people going to start getting back? I mean, and so, you know, we started with one service, no child care and, you know, um, and then it, it just kind of grew. And, and as people were more and more comfortable uh, with coming back, one of the reasons that we're doing more services is because we, we don't want them to be overcrowded. I know that's crazy for the church to say that, but I'd rather do three or four services so that people can distance, people can be connected. Does that make sense? And so um, I, we're not going to make the mask uh, mandate a big issue. But but here's what I want to say. When you're going through the hallways, when you're going through and it's congested, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. When you come into our worship service, we don't mind you taking it off and worshiping and singing and doing, if you're comfortable doing that. But but we are not hanging out in the lobby, in the church. In the, we're going to do that. We're going to dismiss in sections. Then we're going to be outside. We have tables out there. Um, then if you want to stay, if you've been missing connection, we want you to hang out, sit, in the, sit at a table, and get to know somebody. Um, uh, that was an idea that I, I met with a, a man a couple weeks ago, and I, I thought, man, that's a great idea, and we can do that. So we're trying to do and be as wise as we can, and we're asking that you just continue to be flexible uh, with us as we navigate a, a thing that we've never done before. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so um, don't be the Christian that's so quick to say um, either way, uh, you don't love people or you don't have any faith. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Everybody has someone older or someone in their life and they're trying to take care of someone. You don't know everything that's going on. Does that make sense? And so uh, don't just don't act like you know it all. Does that make sense? Just don't act like you know it all. Act like there's another story that's not yours. And let's let's love people. Does that make sense? Can we do that? Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap for that. So I'm excited about this series because we're going to talk about thriving in relationships. Does anybody have a relationship in their life they want to keep? All right, cool. Uh, no. Um, woo, that was kind of tense for five seconds. Um, I celebrated my birthday on, on Friday. That's right. That's right. And I made one of the greatest discoveries that I've ever, I, I just, like, one of the, top five. <laughs> top five discover. Do you ever have one of those aha moments, like someone's talking, someone says something, and, and all of a sudden, but your life changes. Your life changes. Um, uh, I, I remember I was talking to an older gentleman years and years ago, and I was talking about buying something, and, and he said, uh, you can have it uh, uh, good, cheap, or fast, but you can only pick two out of three. And I was like, 
Shut up. You know what I'm saying? My mind was blown. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, then I thought, and I was like, God, I bet you could. And he, okay, uh, 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 and he's right. Um, okay. So my aunt and uncle came to visit uh, for our birthday. They're from Texas, and we're so glad that they're here. But but listen, while yeah, that's exciting too. Uh, but 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 my we're eating breakfast, and my wife comes in and she says, "Guess what? I just learned something." And I was like, "What did you learn?" And she said, "I understand how to use tinfoil. I know what to do with the shiny side." And I was like, what? And she was like, the shiny side goes down because the other side is non-stick. And I was like, shut up. I'm 45 years old and I know how to use foil. Come on. And so some of you are laughing. You're even judging me in your head, but you still, you don't know how to do it. The truth of the matter is, come on, the shiny side goes down. And the other side is non-stick, so you don't have to spray it. Is that exciting to anybody else? If you learn nothing about God today, you're better. Thank you. I'm like, why isn't that the biggest thing on the tinfoil box? Why isn't it like, use this side, life will be easy. Because you've all done cookies or something, you're like, ah. why does that, it's frustrating, it's frustrating. Okay, maybe it's just me, but it's for free. Church, there are so many people that go to college and um, they get an incredible degrees. And th- they should be so proud of that. But after they turn the tassel, they, st- they stop learning from life. And, and, and for all of us, we want to be life learners. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue to thrive. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to thrive in relationships. And, and I believe that this could be maybe your tinfoil moment. Maybe you're like, wow, I get it. And I, my relationships are going to thrive because of it. My hope is the Holy Spirit will use this for you to flip some relationships around in your life. What, from, from hurt to health, from heavy to whole, come on. From cycles of disconnection to kingdom connections. See, I believe that God has an idea for all of our relationships. And as long as you're going to be living, someone is going to be connecting or disconnecting. And the question is, how much responsibility do we have to make sure the relationships in our life thrive? Does that make sense? Let me give you a couple of verses that we can look at. And then we're going to unpack one pretty deep. Um, let's talk about this. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says this. Let, let's read this. Look, look at this. Proverbs 17, 17. It says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. We, we know <laughs> that problems can come. Hardships can come. But it's interesting that it says a friend loves at all times. And I don't know if that has been always your picture of friendship. But the truth of the matter is that God has a standard of how we should live in relationships together. Let me give you one more. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 10. It says this. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him 
who is alone when he falls because he doesn't have anybody else to lift him up. And you know what? Maybe you found yourself in that place where you're struggling and you don't know who to call, where you are frustrated. Maybe you're dealing with something in your marriage or a relationship or something with your kids. Maybe you're dealing with something with your grandkids and you're like, you know what? I'm carrying all of this. But who do I talk to? Where am I at? And and the truth of the matter is we all deal with levels of brokenness and heaviness. In fact, what we've learned over the last seven months is you can't stop trouble from coming. But you can build thriving relationships that help you navigate troubled times. See, here's the thing is there's an old saying that says... Um, the one thing you can't do when opportunity comes is practice. You know what I'm saying? When you're want, if you're wanting to be in the NFL, you're wanting to be top business person. You're not that when you, the opportunity comes, that's not when you work hard. You got to work hard before the opportunity. So when the opportunity comes, you can step into that moment. Many of us, because our life is so busy. I don't know how intentional we are at our friendships. And so we think that we just kind of discover friendships. Like all of a sudden we weren't friends and then we just met and and now we start working. But the truth of the matter is today we're going to talk about how you can do the work and get ready right now for the future relationships that God is going to bring you. Does that make sense? And so I believe there's a preparedness and a readiness that we can do even right now. I want to give you this thought, and and I'm going to say it probably two or three times uh, today, but I just want to get it into your, your heart. Thriving relationships are the byproduct of healing emotional wounds, developing life-giving disciplines, And seeking help from the Father to navigate heavy pressures. This right here is the formula to create real life-giving relationships. Because everybody's broken. Everybody's jacked. Everybody has a past. Everybody has moments. Everybody has a background. Everybody has a story. Does that make sense? But for us... Thriving relationships is the byproduct of healing emotional wounds. Healing, like most of our friendships get hung up by what's going on in us and through us. And then sometimes that leaks on our friendships, the people that we're dating, the people that we're in relationship with, our families. Come on, does that make sense? The friendships, our coworkers, our colleagues. But then equally is there are things that we have to develop. There are disciplines. And so, so here's the deal. You, you may have grown up in a family where your mom or dad, well, that's just how I am and they can deal with it. That's why people don't come home for Christmas. Because you get old enough where you're not going to deal with it. I'm going to go where I'm loved. I'm not going to go where, come on, does that make sense? At 45 years old, wes, wi, lessons need to sound like wisdom. Come on, you got to change some things. Come on, help me. And so there are disciplines that we have to develop where you don't get, and, and this, is, uh, this is contrary to culture, so don't cancel me, but um, you, you don't get to say everything you feel in relationships. There are times that, believe it or not, if you've never met my wife, there are times when she's made me mad. 
like mad mad, like anger, like, and there were things that were deep in here. Does that make sense? Feelings that were rejection and hurt and offense and that, come on, all of us who are married, all of us who want to do lifelong relationships, that D word floats around. Come on, the, the, those, those, I'm going to leave. I'm take my, you, come on, your boss. Remember that old song? Take this job and shut. You know, like, there's this whole, all of this right in here and you're just like, I, I, don't, don't put Push me to that. But the truth of the matter is, it's disciplines that cause us never to bring that up. It's not feelings. It's disciplines. It's disciplines because it's once we learn that we don't get to control the people in our life, that we can only control us, then relationships begin, come on, help me, to thrive. Healthy hearts produce healthy relationships. We've all been asking the question over the season, am I thriving relationally? Especially during a season of physically distancing. We've all spent extra hours at home. We've all been in isolation, either by ourselves or with our family. And there are a couple observations that I've made Going through the last seven months, my first observation is this. It's easier to be in survival mode than in thrive mode. Come on, when all of this came down seven months, we're like, okay, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like we're buying duct tape, we're putting it over the windows. You know what I'm saying? Like we're buying oxygen filters. Like, like, I'm done. I mean, it's like, because nobody knew. We, We hadn't had anything like this before. And... Both of these are honorable responses, but you can't stay in survival mode your whole life. They both require a response. They both require, come on, setting of priorities. They both are vital to life. During the height of the pandemic, 40% of Americans were anxious that they were going to be seriously ill or die. Mental health hotlines surged. Emotional um, uh, detachment caused people to question their friendships and even their support bases. And now that we're seven months in church, we've got to move from just surviving to thriving. We've got to make that move. And hopefully, I don't know if you've been receiving my emails, but the last five weeks I've sent out how to thrive in a hard season. And I'm sending that out in email. Okay, you're never supposed to do this. Um, Public Speaking 101, you never ask the people who are listening to you if they're receiving your stuff because then you have to deal with insecurity the whole time you're talking. But has anybody received it? All right, cool, awesome, Uh, 40%. So here's the deal. It may be in your spam or... Uh, you may just not have it. Uh, either way, if you want those, we, we feel like they've been very, very helpful. And we've heard great feedback on them. And so what you can do is you can go to uh, Facebook or Instagram, like right now, it's cool. And you can just say, hey, sh- will you please shoot me those um, those uh, blogs on Thriving in a Hard Season? I'd love to read those and give us your email. And we'll send those to you when we come back to the office uh, next week. We've all had a moment, for us, I think this, um, moving from surviving to thriving is a choice. 
And we, at one point or another, have to make that choice. I think my second observation is this. Everyone needs life-giving relationships. Everybody needs them. Each of us long to have a deep, meaningful relationship with somebody else. Come on, we long for smiles and attention and conversation. And I, I know, guess what, I'm going to say a bad word. Touch. Like we were created for that. In the West, we work hard to place purpose over relationships. But that doesn't work long time, long term. Actually, studies show that our minds were wired for connection. We've all had that moment when you make eye contact with someone. Listen, your brain seeks social cues. Does that make sense? It, it's in our DNA. And it's, and it's so vital. It's as vital as warmth, food, and water. Like being in relationships with people. Our brain has an attachment system that longs to draw people into relationships. We were created that way. Okay? That's how God did it. Everything that we experience in the physical, I know that it's under sin nature and we have to deal with the depravity of man and we have to deal with error, but everything is a type and shadow that leads us to the presence of God. Come on, does that make sense? So for us, Usually, um, that attachment system starts as a baby. It starts as a baby. Where, and y'all come to the fun day too. Uh, listen, it starts with a baby. And then the baby attaches to mom. Then the baby attaches to dad. Then the baby come on grows and attaches to the siblings and family and extended family and friends that are like family. And then it moves from uh, friends at school to teachers to coaches to mentors. Does that make sense? And so that attachment begins, if it's healthy and it's nourished, it begins to grow to adult friends, colleagues, uh, other things. And then it leads you, listen to this, this is crazy, it leads you into romantic partnership and ultimately you get married and you start the cycle all over again like that's how we were created when the attachment system is strong it builds love trust security and it allows other people in when the attachment system has been wounded or it's been hindered come on listen then what happens is it hinders relationships. The great part about our mind and our emotions is that they can be healed, trained, and developed. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter how you start it. it when you begin to come under the Word, it begins to change some things, come on, in your life. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to really dive deep into this verse. And I want us to unpack it and hopefully you may see some things that you haven't seen before colossians chapter 3 verse 12 through 18 and we're gonna i'm only gonna talk about the first part but we're gonna read all of it today colossians chapter 3 verse 12 it says put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness patience bearing with one another if one has a complaint against you, forgive him. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, 
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Come on, think about a chord. Think about music. Think about, have you ever heard of music? Someone try, have you ever heard someone try to sing and you're like, uh, try again. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoo, that was rough. Come on. Some of us are singing in our relational context and it sounds like Jaws. Like, like we, we can do better if we will follow, come on, these simple instru- instructions and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which you were called into one body be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly richly okay teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms hymns spiritual songs with all thanksgiving in your heart to God and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus give thanks to God to the Father through come on him When you read the Bible, first of all, the Bible is always written to the believer. When you read the Bible, you're not reading the Bible for your mama. You're not reading it for your dad. You're not reading it for your husband. You're not reading it for your wife. You're not even reading it for your kids. You're reading it for you. The Bible is written to the reader. Okay? And so here's what we understand. We just got... In context, we just laid out how to have thriving relationships. And if we will do these things... Come on... Don't you want to be around someone who has a compassionate heart, is kind, has humility, meekness, and patient? Yeah. Yeah. Marry them. Does that make sense? Like, like that's the that's what you're looking for. Because when you represent these things, it's like, man. And then it goes another step further. It says, bear with one another. In other words, this is the standard. Bear with people. Because they can't always do that. Come on. Forgive them. And a lot of relationships, listen, don't start with the other person. They start with us. And so my assignment is get ready. Get ready. Get ready. For the next few weeks, we're going to dive deep into this portion of Scripture. And we're going to zoom in and slow down so that we can learn how the tinfoil works. Come on, does that make sense? We're going to zoom in on this. I love our community of believers. And listen, we're not perfect. We don't make every right decision. But we are continually getting ready for all that God has for us. And I came to speak to someone today. It is time to get ready. It's time to let your soul heal. It's time to put on the things that God asks you to put on. Come on, does that make sense? In an airplane. We've all sat through the spiel of in an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to come down. And what do they ask you to do? Put it on first before helping somebody else. Can I tell you that during the four weeks, here's the ground rules for the thriving relationship. You're not allowed to say, this was really good, you need it. (laughs) Put on your own mask. (laughs) Put on your own oxygen. You know what I'm saying? There's no nudging. We're a no nudging church. So we're asking you to put on what applies to you first. Okay? You only put on something when you're about to get ready. You only put on a tire when you need to go somewhere. You only put on candles on a cake when you're about to celebrate. And we did. Come on, girl. And listen, you, you only put on a movie when you're about to relax. You only put on clothes because it's decent and holy and good. Now listen, listen, uh, because you have somewhere to be. 
Okay? There are days when I have different appearance days. Anybody have different appearance days? Come on. Come on. Days when you're going to work and you're going to get it right. Right, Dev? Denim on denim. Come on, listen. I know you picked that out a week ago. Listen, there, there are days. There are days. But then there are days when I'm doing staff meetings, staff development, coaching, meeting with people, counseling. There, there are days that I'm professional ready. But then there are days that I do content. And on the days that I do content and I'm writing stuff for life groups and I'm writing stuff for sermons and I'm writing stuff, I get up, I get outside early, I got my coffee, my hair is jacked, I'm in my pajamas and I'm just, and I'm there for hours. Does that make sense? I'm there for hours. And so if you ring my doorbell and I'm in the middle of whatever, you're not going to see, ta-da, you're going to see, kind of ready. I'm not ready. For us, we've got to make sure that we're doing a good job putting on what we need to do so that we can be ready to bless all the relationships that are around us. So I have one thought today. One thought. Thriving relationships means healing emotional wounds. Healing emotional wounds, and we all have them. If you've been here at any point in time, you've heard my own story of me being adopted from a foster home, my parents getting divorced, uh, uh, me moving uh, away from uh, my dad, having very little relationship. You know what I'm saying? And so we all have stories in our background, and it would be naive to think that those stories aren't playing out in some form or fashion. Come on. We all want a deep quality friendship, but it will require healing. We all have a past and a background. Let me give you this one thought that I want to make sure you have if you're taking notes, and hopefully you are. It's past rejections and present misunderstandings will produce future separations. If we look over our life, and we can see every four to five years there is distance from the people we used to love. It would by, be naive to think it's always been them. Does that make sense? I am not saying that it is not them. There, there are days that we come across people who are very vindictive, very broken, and very hurt, and I believe in boundaries. Come on, does that make sense? I believe you have to set boundaries. God set boundaries. He put an angel in the middle, of, uh, in the entrance of the garden and would not let Adam and Eve come back. I'm sorry, there's a boundary here now. So I'm okay with boundaries. But I'm not talking about uh, highly broken people. I'm talking about just dealing with people. Does this make sense? For us, we need the Father to touch the wounds so that our attachments can be healthy and life-giving. Anything broken, this is going to be crazy, mind blown, get ready. Anything broken doesn't work the way it was created. For you, you were created to house love. You were created. So the question becomes, what rejection or misunderstanding has hindered your ability to love? What's simmering underneath? 
The smile and the surface conversation. What's simmering underneath? Come on, the heat has been turned up and there's something simmering. And and based on personality, based on background, we may let things simmer for two or three weeks or four weeks or five weeks. And then all of a sudden, that heat, boom! Come on, what's simmering? We just finished a series called Sons and Daughters. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to touch on a thought. But I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Before we put on all the things that God asks us to do, we've got to know our identity. You are hopeful. You are not helpless. In your relationships, you are a victor. You're not a victim. I am not saying that you've not been hurt. I am, I, listen, I understand that there are stories that, that I don't even know. Pain, terrible, terrible stories and situations sitting in this room. And I have empathy and compassion for you. But listen, don't hang around people that enable the dysfunctions in your life. You want to move forward. You want to heal. Come on, somebody. You want to grow. I want to move past that moment. I, may have a scar. You know, I got in a wreck a couple years ago. I have a scar, but it's not a wound. It's a story of overcoming what happened. Does that make sense? And so you're not going to live this life. Come, That's good. What's clapping? Listen, listen. You're not going to live this life without wounds. You're not going to live this life without hardship. But you don't want them gaping and opening so that every time your husband or wife or friend or best friend or whatever touches a tender area, they get all of what's simmering. And you, come on, you need to be healed. You need to be healed. For us, before we put on, we've got to know that we're coming from a place of victory. Why am I so confident that I can say that? Because the Bible is full of saying over and over again that God says that we can thrive if we do it His way. Thriving isn't a dream for the lucky. Thriving isn't an idea for the super intelligent. Thriving isn't something only for those that make a certain level of money. Thriving happens when you submit and surrender to the Word of God and allow your idea of how it should run be surrendered to God's idea of what he wants to run through you come on in the Bible it says that we are more than conquerors in the Bible it says we can actually resist the enemy and he will flee from us does it make sense so when temptation comes up oh no I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to like like we can resist We can resist the feeling of insecurity. We can resist the feeling of depression in some sorts of, does that make sense? Obviously I'm talking, I'm not talking about clinical, but there are days when you, you feel like nobody likes me and nobody's my friend and you can resist those lies of the enemy. You can resist porn. You can resist these things that, that, that begin to hurt who God has called you to be. You don't have to just go, well, okay. You can thrive. 
The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, come on, but of love, power, and a sound mind. When you wake up and your day's gone all to heck, you tried to plan, you tried to get it going, and all of a sudden you're just like overwhelmed. When you feel like I haven't done anything on my list, and I just need to go to bed and try to get to my... Come on, does that make sense? Like you can have a sound mind. There can be clarity. You are not confused. You can operate that way. And if, if, you, if you don't see that, or you just blame that on a personality, then how can you walk in a relationship with someone who's always confused? Does this make sense? Like we're trying to build something together, but you question everything. See, you question everything because there's a need to be right. Because something in your past hurt you. And it is a way for me to filter how I trust people. Come on, does this make sense? Come on, is this good? Listen, listen. For us, over and over and again, God tells us that a relationship with Him is what makes the difference. A relationship with God is the thing that makes the difference. So hurt that has come into your life. Come on, we've all experienced lies, deceptions, vindictiveness, abuse, neglect, rejection, dismissiveness. Where people just kind of dismiss you in your life. That can't stay simmering underneath. You're going to have to allow God to touch it. And you're going to have to allow God to turn down the heat. And you're going to have to allow God to heal your life. Come on. I don't know if you read this. Can we put the verse back up there? The the Colossian uh, verse. I want them to see this one more time. But this verse actually reads. And we can see God's heart for us. And I think that this will help us as we begin to do all the other things that are disciplines. If you could see this. Put on then. So Paul is telling us. To put on these attributes and disciplines, okay? We can all see that, right? Right, right, right? All right, come on. Y'all, y'all a little quiet. I know. 9.15. Y'all going to have to have a little, 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 little shot. Come on, a little coffee. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Listen, okay. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Before we get into how you are to conduct relationship, let me remind you about your primary relationship. That you are chosen, you are holy, and you are beloved. Come on. You are not coming from a place of lack. You are coming from a place of fullness. Come on, help me. Chosen means you're wanted. Holy means you're set apart. Come on. My wife, every year on my birthday, she cooks me this apple pie. And can I tell you, there's a portion that I set apart. Because not for you. You know what I'm saying? I will give you the shirt off my back, but I will not give you my piece of pie. My bad, I'll repent later. Come on. It's, it's set apart. And so my kids will hover. And they'll be like, Dad, are you going to eat that? Yes, I am. And it's not for you. Set apart. Come on. Beloved. Beloved. Back in old school, you would hear this in weddings. 
my beloved wife. You know, now we've gotten super contemporary, so you may not hear that a lot, but you will hear beloved. Why? Because we use love for everything. Come on, we, we, love is like the over, most overused word ever. Come on. I, we love everybody. We love everything. Come on, I love pizza. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I love my wife. <laughs> like, the last one should be different, right? In, in priority. <laughs> Beloved means dearly and personally loved. Like, individually and dearly. So it would be like you saying your name. I am individually and dearly loved by the Father. I am. Stephen is individually and dearly loved, wanted and set apart. And so all of my love comes from that place. Does this make sense? Come on. Come on. Thriving relationships don't explode. They expand. Oh, we used to be friends. <laughs> Delete. We used to be friends. Delete. We used to be friends. Delete. Thriving relationships expand. Remember, God was the first giver. He gave life to Adam. He gave clothing and covered the sin of shame with Adam and Eve. He gave prophets and judges and kings to lead his people. Come on, does that mean God has been giving this whole time? He gave us Jesus so that we could remove our own separation from him. Paul is writing the church to say you're loved. And it's out of this understanding that we begin to give and not take. See, we become givers, not takers. We can give because we've been given to. You're not in lack today. Come on, somebody. You're not deficient. You are wanted. You are set apart and you are dearly loved. Come on, say that. I am wanted. All right, we're going to have to work this out, okay? I am wanted. I am set apart. I am deeply loved. John Maxwell says that in our relationships, we can build the hall of fame or the hall of shame. Hurting relationships always shame other people in their life. When people hurt us, or we're easily hurt or offended, it is an indication that there is still an open wound in our past. The reason, listen, Paul started off with this verse the way it was. Is God's heart for us. Is he knew that there was no way that we could do all that we were going to do. In thriving relationships without knowing our identity. Whether we've been a Christian for a day or 30 years. When we face hurt or misunderstanding. We have to ask ourselves. Am I coming from a place where I am wanted, set apart, and deeply loved? Because here is the problem. No relationship will continue. No earthly relationship will continue to give you those three things for the rest of your life. And so if we demand those from the relationships that 
You're missing the fact that you're getting it from God, but God's not important because in our culture, we're post-Christian, so we've pretty much moved God into like only on Sunday and only if you want to go. And so we've missed that first concept. So now I'm dating someone or I'm expecting my dad or I'm expecting my mom or I'm expecting my siblings to tell me I'm wanted, I'm set apart, and I'm deeply loved. And so when they don't, when their actions don't indicate those things, then we are rejected and I'm not coming to Christmas, I'm not coming to Thanksgiving, I'm not doing this, we're not talking right now. You know what, I'm kind of frustrated, you know what? And here's what I'm telling you, nobody can give you all three of those for the rest of your life. People will fall short. And, and if we were going to really like be totally transparent, Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. We've fallen short. I've fallen short. I've fallen short to do these three things in my marriage. I've fallen short to do these three things in my parenting. I've fallen short to do these three things as a pastor. I'm, I've fallen short because here's the deal. We all get weighed down and we have to be reminded, okay, this is just true. Is it? Is it? Yes. Come on. Yes. And so for us, listen, when our attachment is strong to the Father, then here's the deal. The hurt that we've experienced, it still happens. It just gets healed. Our wounds become scars. You know, I remember being younger in my faith. And thinking, so Jesus, if you don't know much about Christianity, whole Old Testament and New Testament, everything is about Jesus. It's the story of Jesus coming. It's all about Jesus. Okay? And God sent Jesus. And he was born of a virgin Mary. Started his ministry at around 30. Did incredible signs and wonders and preaching and teaching and loving people. And began to describe what heaven and his father was like. Did that for three years. Well, the religious people hated him for it. And they crucified him. It was God's plan the whole time. But Jesus died on a cross. That's why you see those crosses. And nails went through his hands and his feet. And I always thought, so the whole concept of Christianity is that death cannot deter us. And so the cool thing is, that's why we celebrate on Easter, Jesus' resurrection. Because what the world tried to do and what the enemy tried to do, come on, listen, got overturned. That's the whole concept of our life. Whatever your dad did, whatever your mom did, whatever brokenness, abandonment, whatever, that it, that can be overturned. And we can actually walk in love rather than judgment. And we can actually thrive, come on, rather than just survive. And we can actually move into all that God, come on, listen, has called us to be and to do. And I always thought as Jesus rose and came back to his disciples and how awkward and weird and awesome that moment was. What's up, guys? (laughs) I always thought it would have been so cool if he didn't have his scars. Like, no matter what the world did to me, no matter what they tried to do to me, boom, spotless. But he actually kept his scars because he knew that there would be some people who need to see it. 
Listen to this. It's about to get deep. Thomas is in the room and he doesn't believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And he says, unless I see his scars, which is the indication of the wound, I cannot truly believe. There are some scars and wounds that happen in your life, not because it was going to destroy you, but because you were going to be an anthem to other people that they could get through their mess. When you begin to see that you, God can mend together what any earthly person has torn apart. We are not going to go through this world where we have no scars. But those scars can be healed. And then you can tell the story of, man, I was in a really bad wreck and didn't know if I was going to make it. My kids were in the car, got hit head on. Guy was in the wrong lane and high. Bad day. Didn't know if I could walk again. But you know what? If God be for me. And you may be here going, you don't know what our marriage is like. You don't know what my dad did to me. You don't know the abandonment I felt. In our house, I was always one child put against the other child and everything was so competitive. And If our relationships are going to thrive, it is going to start with what you allow God to do in your life. Put that quote back up there again. Thriving relationships are a byproduct of healing emotional wounds, developing life-giving disciplines, and seeking help from the Father to navigate heavy pressures. Are y'all excited about this series? I, I really do feel like, come on, y'all can, y'all can do that. It's okay. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's do it, baby. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the golf course. Good job, God. Come on. I'm really believing that God is going to move in your life. And it's going to start with you, ma'am. It's going to start with you, sir. Teenager, it's going to start with you. Because if you want to thrive, it's got to start in here. Come on, y'all stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.